This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Cold third strike, and the Cubs win. Alzali seals the deal. And Chicago has taken two of three so far this weekend in Pittsburgh. A 10-6 final as Jordan Wicks claims his first Major League win. Yeah, Jordan Wicks is the story of the night. Yeah, the Cubs offense was terrific one night after getting shut down by Mitch Keller. Major League debut, three base runners allowed. The first three he faced and then 15 in a row. Wow. Boy, did that come at a good time for the Cubs. They were due a little bit of pitching fortune, and they got it because they're they're still cycling through some arms looking for some late-season help as they are now getting set for the latest, biggest series of the year. One of those voices belonged to Tom Verducci, analyst and reporter for the MLB on Fox and for Sports Illustrated, and he joins us on the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Hello, Tom. How are you? I'm great. How you doing, guys? Good. So what did you see? And it's all, I know it's exciting to see somebody making a debut like that. You know, like With every little plate appearance that goes by, you think, okay, all right, he's settling in, There's the, the stuff plays and seems to know what he's doing. Absolutely. And that change up was as good as advertised. You know, we heard it all about, you know, going into the game that that was his best pitch. And, and my goodness, it was every bit of that. I mean, that's, that's an elite change up. I mean, that was a case where a couple of times around the lineup after the pirates had seen it, they still were not adjusting to that pitch. Um, I like the fact how quickly he worked. Yeah. I know they get trained at pitch timer in the minor leagues. Now I get that, but uh, he basically didn't leave the rubber or the mound area. I uh, just was in attack mode after that, you know, kind of getting punched in the mouth a little bit, trying to establish the fastball in that first inning, and that got hit around. And as we said in the broadcast, greatest mound visit in the history of mound visits by Tommy Hadovy. And, um, yeah, basically pitched backward from there on out, trust the breaking ball and the changeup, and then mix it the fastball instead of the other way around. So I love the fact that he, adjusted on the fly, but again, the, the changeup really does play. Now, I, I don't think he's a front-of-the-rotation guy in, in terms of just being, you know, a 30-start, 190-inning guy who's going to throw out 15, 16 wins a year. But, yeah, as a steady, middle-of-the-rotation, reliable pitcher, yeah, I think the Cubs got something special here because I love the way that he throws. His, his mechanics are clean. Uh, you rely on the changeup. Is, uh, that's a really good one, so... Again, I think he can he can go around the league a couple of times, and I think that's still going to be a plus pitch. 
Did you say something special? Because that's that's a that's a that's a big word. Well, I say that because you know, left-handed homegrown starter. I mean, you got now Justin Steele. You've got uh, Wicks in the rotation here. Um, so yeah, I think he's. I think he profiles as just a steady every year type of pitcher where you don't necessarily worry about him, the ups and the downs. As I said, uh, you know, who knows about injuries? But I think his mechanics really translate to a guy who should post each and every year. So, yeah, I mean, they got a good one here. There's no question about it. And from everything I heard from the Cubs staff and, and David Ross, you know, the IQ is off the charts. The makeup's really good, uh, competitive. Um, there, there's a lot of things to like about Jordan. Whether whether long-term special or not, the the fact that they now can add him to, to this rotation is huge for where they're at right now. I'm wondering, Tom, do you see this as something that's more more impactful for this season, for right now, or for the future in, in a year where, you know, we're thinking maybe this is the launch of a, a window that could begin from a championship perspective next season and beyond. Is Jordan Wicks more impactful for the now coming up at this point, or is it more about the future development of the staff? Yeah, that's a great question because I'm sure the Cubs are wrestling with that as we speak because as much as this is a shot in the arm, you know, they are going to have to watch his innings. You know, as I mentioned on the broadcast, this is a guy he pitched in college. He's turning 24 years old, uh, and he's never thrown more than 89 pitches in a professional game. It's just the way we put governors on these young pitchers. They get to the big leagues. They're not stretched out. They, they can't handle much of a load. And, and here he is now in a pennant race already up against an innings limit. He's going to be a five-inning pitcher for the rest of the year. And, you know, what do they do when, you know, he gets 20, 30 innings above where he's ever gone before? I mean, we've seen this with Baltimore with Grayson Rodriguez and the Marlins with uh, Yuri Perez. It's really tough to compete in a pennant race when you've got young pitchers who are going places they've never been before with innings. So um, I think, he listen, he's going to impact the race. There's no question about it. But, again, you're going to make sure that you have a rested bullpen behind him. He's generally not going to pitch two lineups a third time around. He's not going to take the ball in the sixth inning. Uh, but, yeah, in terms of controlling games and giving your team a chance to win, you definitely do that. This is possibly the BABIP series as you're looking at a couple of teams here in the Cubs and the Brewers where the Brewers are remarkable at turning batted balls into outs. And the Cubs, with where you say their BABIP is 306, it's pretty crazy for a team batting average of balls in play, a variation from the usual 300. That's a meaningful deviation because of, of without home runs, the Cubs are reliant on, on balls getting through and finding the big areas of the ballpark. So I'm fascinated to see two teams who try to win games in similar ways going at it in this series. Yeah, that's a great point because I remember talking to Craig Council early in the year about um, the Brewers and how much better they were defensively this year. And he said, basically, that's a function of all the young players that we have. Uh, a lot of rookies, they're all plus defenders, you know, whether it's Terang or Weimer, uh, Freelich, they're all athletic players. And you watch the game the way it's turned this year without the shifts and athleticism, range, speed, those things all play now. And teams that have jumped up like the Reds, the Diamondbacks, the Rays, the Orioles, the Brewers, they're just loaded with good athletic players. So that's Milwaukee defensively. That's no fluke. They cover a lot of ground. And you make a great point about the, the Cubs and watching them over the weekend. I, I saw that approach in action. I mean, this team goes the other way. I don't know what the numbers are, but to me, to the eyeball test, they go the other way as much as anybody. 
And, you know, Bellinger's having this huge season for them, especially the last couple of months. But when you look at his numbers, he's not hitting the ball as hard as he did when he won an MVP. He's just hitting it better, if that makes any sense. I mean, his two-strike approach, he, he covered the hole on fastballs up. He's hitting lefties. You saw it again yesterday. He's finding ways to just put the ball in play. I mean, he's always – we know he's a great athlete, right? We watch him run. We watch him defend in center, first base. Uh, but his hand-eye coordination is really athletic as well. So he's made himself into a good two-strike hitter. And it's kind of contagious when you look around. I mean, you know Madrigal and Horner, those guys are built to do that kind of thing. But now I see the Cubs up and down the lineup having a very similar approach where they're grinding out at bats, taking some pitches, but mostly hitting the ball the other way. And for me, guys, the difference maker now, lately, I would say this month of August, has been Suzuki. I mean, they've got his bat going behind Bellinger now. That's a powerful combination. And for a guy who looked like he hit a wall and David Ross had to sit him down a little bit, I mean, that's an impactful bat now behind a big left-handed stick. How much do you see the Cubs needing to to revamp the lineup? Like your reference, I mean, it's a deep lineup. It's still not long on power. And we think back to, you know, whatever shrapnel still remains from the championship window, and then the, the offense was broken really quickly. But there was so many big swingers and big power, but it, it didn't prove to be sustainable. As they continue to build this thing moving forward, will it be necessary to add more power? Can they sustain this? Yeah, it's always good to have more power. Believe me, even in the postseason, I know we talk a lot about, you know, small ball, the little things winning games, and it does, but nothing influences the outcome of postseason games like hitting home runs. There's just fewer hits, fewer runs in the postseason. And while it's counterintuitive, hitting the ball out of the ballpark changes everything. You do that twice, your odds of winning are about 75, 80% in a postseason game. So, um, I love watching the Cubs play offensive baseball. Don't get me wrong. I think they've been really aggressive about stealing bases. And I asked David Ross about that. And he says mostly a function of taking advantage of pitchers who don't really defend the running game well. In other words, they don't set out, hey, we're just going to run crazy like a team like, say, Tampa Bay does. They pick their spots and they pick them really, really well. So, you know, the running game, hitting behind runners, uh, he'll even start some runners time and time again. You got Talkman at the top of the lineup now who's taking a ton of pitches. He's like the perfect leadoff guy. Um, so, yeah, eventually, yeah, you definitely want more sock. But I, I think it's fun to watch this team play right now. And it's, it's, it's working well. There's no question about that.